Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome inside the latest edition of Across the Cast, Monday, November 27th. The long Thanksgiving slog is over. Back to reality on this Monday. We got a beautiful Cavs win last night. We got Braden Todd, who will be joining me in just a second to break down this weekend's games, looking at some individual player performances, and at what's to come. All that and more on Network 216. All right, folks, welcome back. Brayden, it took us a long time to get our first appearance, and now before too long, we're already on our second. A pleasure to welcome you back to Across the Cavs. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me. Glad to be back. And, Braden, we start with this before we get into the, the fun stuff and the nitty-gritty of the Cavs, because about 20, 25 minutes ago, I was just doing a little Max Struess research. I wanted to kind of – I wanted to look at – and I actually didn't even find what I wanted. I was trying – because I believe the Cavs got Max Struess in a sign-and-trade. So I pulled up his profile, and now that I see it, it is indeed a sign-and-trade, which featured Lamar and Jetty in a 2030 pick. Okay, so I knew it was a trade. And what I found is that he didn't play his first game at DePaul until he was 21. And I'm like, wait, why? Everyone just talks about Max Struess at DePaul. He played four years in college, but not two years. So my research then told me that Max Struess played two years of Division II basketball, making him one of three players on last year's Heat Finals team, all in the rotation, who opens their career at either D2 or D3 with Duncan Robinson and Haywood Highsmith. So he was a beast at Lewis University, where he averaged 20 and 9, put up the same numbers in Division One at DePaul. So it's honestly even more crazy that he wasn't drafted, and it took three games on the Bulls, another year on the Heat, to finally – Right through. My question for you, Braden, is Struess is now the – and maybe you've already seen the tweet. You've seen my tweet. I guess the spoiler. This was about 15 minutes ago. Can you name the five Division II Cavs players all time or any of them? If you had a D3 player, I can confirm that. I did not see your tweet. So. All right. Let's go. <laughs> Anonymity, baby. Man, that's a, that's a tough one. I don't know if I'm going to – know any of those uh but it's some random guy like a london parante so <laughs> <laughs> i wish it was london parentes right, one of them has your initials bt that might know. he was recent oh broderick thomas yeah truman state university yep i was a broderick thomas believer for a i remember you, all, you hooked us all on a coro as well right before the draft. And yeah off the denny the denny train yeah man that was yeah that feels like just recently yeah four years i believe three years yeah. three years yeah. 30, yeah, yeah 36 months ago 36 months and nine days ago the calf drafted oscar coro if you want the exact what is that 100 and a lot of weeks yeah. right. any, any other names here i'll give you the alma maters i don't think that would actually help but... <laughs> yeah man I have no idea, honestly. Right. I don't even know who to guess. <laughs> All right. So in order, now you got Jay Geidinger from the 1990s Cavs, played at Minnesota Duluth. Okay. And then the second was our good pal Flip Murray from Shaw University, mm -hmm. joining Devin George, a three-time NBA champion as Shaw NBA players. And then we had big bad Ben Wallace 
Oh, that's right. Big Dang. Bad. And then I guess if you want to get even more fun, you got Blinn College NAIA alum or JUCO alum Chris Anderson's staff. <laughs> yeah. And, and then we finish off with Broderick Thomas from Truman State and Max Struess, who put up even better numbers in D1 than D2, which is pretty mm. impressive. Like I, we knew yeah. he was good because if you're going to DePaul and you're getting to the NBA, you have to be really, really good. They're, they're not the top of a very good Big East, but they are a respectable program. You have to be a stud, really, from those types of schools. So shout out Max Truce for inspiring this little deep dive. But we, well, well, let's get this up. Braden does know because this man, the reason he's here again, been talking to him for, what, three, four years since I joined Cavs Twitter. Braden knows ball. That's a fact. <laughs> It's a fact. I'll accept it. I'll accept it. <laughs> and let's quickly start with this, Braden. Before we talk about the recent games, so uh, an apparent hot topic right now is should the Cavs trade Donovan Mitchell? And all right, he's had two okay games, but I mean, I, I, people seem to have forgotten Braden the start of this season when he would get the game winner on opening night. He was putting up 40 regularly. Those people are crazy, right? There isn't a world where the Cavs should trade Donovan. Yeah, no, I'd I'd agree with that. Um, I mean, with Twitter, you gotta gotta get your reactions out whenever anything happens, anyway. Um, but yeah, I mean, like last season, Donovan Mitchell was arguably all first team caliber guy. Um, and this season, he was playing out of his mind to start out the year. I think. I think part of the struggles that Donovan's been going through recently is the Cavs trying to um, kind of sort out like their long-term backcourt between him and Darius. I think they're trying to um, position Darius more so as the primary ball handler over Donovan, uh, get Darius in there running the offense. So Donovan's more of an, uh, more of a play finisher than a play initiator as Darius is obviously more qualified to run the offense, uh, get other guys involved. Um, so I think there's some, um, I think the staff kind of coaching staff has a, has a role in Donovan adjusting to a new style of play. Yeah, I can agree with that. Darius has looked very sharp while he has been on the court for the last game and a half. His return has seen some real nice results. His, while he was actually playing against the Sixers, his other backcourt, maybe we're going to talk about a little later, Mr. CPZ. Craig Porter Jr. was an assist away from his first ever double-double, and that would have come in his national TV debut. Seen some really good things from Cavs guard. So you're you're putting Donovan's struggles right now on they're trying to set Darius up as the facilitator, and Donovan's just readjusting to playing off-ball, which he can do pretty well. One of the best catch-and-shoot guys in the league last year. Yeah, sorry, you cut out for a second. Didn't quite hear the last thing you said. Yeah, so saying Donovan now playing more off ball puts him as one of the he was one of the best catch and shoot catch and shoot guys in the league last year, right? So it's just it's, oh, a, yeah. it's an off ball adjustment. Yeah, yeah, and I mean I think also like I mean Donovan started out the year like as one of the best rim finishers in the entire NBA, and these last couple games he's been missing um some shots around the rim that he usually makes um so yeah i think just readjusting to 
slightly different role and just uh, coming back from injury. I'm I'm not I'm not worried about Donovan's offense. <laughs> yeah, neither am I. And he's also averaging a career high, almost two steals a game. And even with the four games missed, still in the top five in steal averages a night. So he'll be fine. We're not trading Donovan Mitchell. It's not happening. At least it's not happening right now. Hopefully it never happens. <laughs> Uh, guy at the Cavs did trade for his sparks at the beginning of the show, a certain Max Struess, Braden. I'd say he's a lot better. And we had expectations. He's a lot better than anyone could have foreseen. Yeah, he's been amazing. I, <laughs> yes, I I tried to watch a bit of Max Struess on the Heat over the summer um, to just get a little taste of what we're going to be getting. Um and I mean, he's showing some stuff that he didn't even show in Miami, at least to this extent. So, I mean, yeah, obviously he's an insane shooter, can shoot it off, like drifting any kind of way, no matter what the contest contest is. Uh, he's been nuts to start out the year. I've I've really enjoyed him defensively. I feel like he's probably probably been our second best perimeter defender behind Okoro to start out the year, uh, either him or Karras. Um and yeah, just anytime they run a DHO, have him run a run a DHO or a pick and roll, uh, it's just like an automatic advantage created there. The defense always goes over the screen and just really greases the wheels of the offense. And I don't think you'll see many better six four screen setters in the league, for okay. that matter. He looks looks like a big when, when he's set. He really gets the space. He runs off it very well. And what I really liked last night, Braden. We'll get to the Raptors game in a minute. After going scoreless in the first half, he saw two openings with the Cavs forced a quick turnover. He was a step ahead. Those two finishes at the rim, the second one being a real pretty dunk, is what got the team going after they really had a lackadaisical first half and end of the second quarter. And then he wound up scoring 16 more in the frame. But I think it's, it's his awareness of what's happening that this team has kind of missed. He's just so good when you need him to be. He didn't score in the first. He didn't score in the second. He didn't score in the fourth. But he became, I think, I believe it was the 19th performance in Cavs history of a 20-point quarter. And it's got to be the first time I've ever seen a scoreless first half and then a 20-point quarter. You get that kind of thing in college. You don't see that in the NBA. Right, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a skill to, like, know – know where to be when to be when to shoot it when to pass and like he he has all those intangibles knows yeah he's a really smart player and I mean I think you can attribute some of that to being part of the heat system but I mean a lot of that's just uh him I mean gritting it out and I mean like you said going from a d2 player to the NBA like these are the kind of things that you need to have to make that happen and now we're going to play the hypothetical game because everybody hates it, but we play it anyway. Could this cat, could this team last year's team added with Struess as the starting three, could they have made a deeper run just with the addition of him in that first round from what we've seen through 17 games? <laughs> that's, that's interesting. I'm, I'm going to say probably not. I think, a lot of that series was Garland and Mobley struggling to adjust to the, I mean, the physicality that the Knicks threw at them and just the adjustments that 
like Thibodeau and the coaches threw at him, uh, guarding guarding those guys in different ways. I think Struess would have helped, but probably not to, I mean, swing a 3-1 series to in the Cavs' favor. All right, no, fair point. I have to ask you, the way he's been playing right now, his effectiveness, his confidence, his grittiness, adding a third, a very good rebounder to your front court. Allen's been improved. Mobley's been improved on the glass as well. Allen's always been a good enough rebounder, but seeing Struess pull down 11 last night, that's had to ask the question, but mm-hmm. yesterday, the Cavs, Braden, comeback fashion, then holding him off at the end, knocking off the Raptors 105-102. Jared Allen... Closing out Gary Trent, just like Kevin Love in game seven. He was all over him. There was never a chance of that shot going in. <laughs> they got themselves in position to get it done. So what stood out to you from the victory, which I felt was much needed. You did not want an 0-2 stretch on your home court over the weekend after the holiday break. Yeah, no, that was a huge, huge victory. I'm, I'm enjoying the three center lineups that we're closing with. Tristan Mobley and Allen all out there <laughs> uh, getting the stuff there and also against Embiid and the Philly game. Um, yeah, I thought there was a lot of good stuff in that game. Obviously, Donovan struggled again um, in certain certain points, but I thought, um, I think it was like the last three possessions, um, the, well, the last three real offensive possessions the Cavs had before the Raptors started fouling. I mean, Darius orchestrated those and we got a bucket on each, all three of those. Um, I don't know if Donovan even touched the ball, but just having Donovan out there pulling OG and Obi, the Raptors' best defender, just completely out of the play and letting Darius set some set, set stuff up. Um, I thought that was really encouraging. Um, yeah, no, that was a huge win. And I'm, I'm excited that we're going to start figuring stuff, figuring stuff out uh, coming up. Yeah, certainly. After the next three games, it's a bit of a, we don't know who's playing who. It's going to depend on this in-season tournament. So the Hawks game tomorrow has much wider ranging expectations, but we'll, we'll get to that as far as who the Cavs will play on both. I believe it is the sixth and the eighth. There will be a short break regardless. There's no games on Sunday, which is very weird, honestly. Mm-hmm. I don't remember there ever being more than one day in the season, all-star break notwithstanding. Other than Thanksgiving and all-star break, there's never any zero-game days. And as of right now, I don't think there's going to be any. December 3rd is a rest day for the tournament. It was a built-in rest day. So I'm not a big fan of that because (laughs) no NBA on a Sunday. What the heck? Am I going to resort to football? I I watch football, but – I'm a basketball guy first, yeah, so you know yeah. I'm, I'm one of those. And maybe you're in the same boat. I've always been of the. I used to be of the belief that I don't think I froze here for a second. Apologies. I'm of the belief that Sunday afternoon on ABC was better than any NFL Sunday you'll get outside the playoffs. I loved. I loved when mm. they used to have NBA on ABC double headers. That was my favorite. Oh yeah. Television viewing first because the game started exactly on time. 102 tip off. I loved it. I loved it. And just like STNT does that in the playoffs sometimes. And then second was and there were so many Cavs games in that time span. I remember watching LeBron so many times in all the different jerseys they would throw out. And those games just felt special. They felt different than regular season games. I don't know what it was about them. I just I loved it. 
I, I wish I wish the NBA would go back to that and get rid of the Saturday night ABC. We don't need Saturday night national TV outside of NBA TV. We need it for Sundays. We need it back for the last two months of the season. We need it, right? We need it. I can get behind that. <laughs> we need it. But can you get behind Craig Porter Jr. not playing? JB said he was going to be in the rotation consistently. And he played good minutes the previous night against the Lakers when Darius was out. He was even on the court till there were about two minutes left in the fourth. And then this time, not only does Okoro not touch the court in the second half, Craig Porter plays zero minutes, zero seconds in the game. Yeah, no, that's it's tough because, yeah, I, I kind of posed that question after uh, Craig had that hot start and then Donovan Okoro came back. Um, just wondering, like, yeah, is Craig going to make the cut? Um, yeah, because I mean, he's he's still played well, like you said, in the Lakers game. Um, and it, it's tough because, yeah, you want to get him on the court, uh, get those developmental reps in, and he's bringing clear value too, so it's a double win. Um, I think the rationale behind that is – um, I mean, he's still green in certain areas. Like I think in the Lakers game, you could kind of see it in the second half. Um, they they picked on him a little defensively every now and then. I mean, he's a good good defender in his own right, but just the uh, being a rookie, you're gonna make mistakes, uh, learning new coverages, and dealing with the athleticism and speed of the NBA. And then uh, then offensively, um, I think there are some possessions down the uh, down the stretch of the fourth quarter where the Cavs had like CPJ, Okoro, and Mobley or Allen on the floor. And I mean, all three of those guys aren't real threats from outside. And so Donovan would drive into the lane, not a lot of space. Um, so I think with Donovan, Darius back into the fold, those on-ball reps for Craig are going down and he doesn't, doesn't provide a ton of value off the ball. So I'd say that's the rationale and I get it. I think if you can kind of use him like how uh, JB has been using Tristan and Sam Merrill, uh, just throw him in occasionally for like a five-minute stretch, get some energy in there. Um, I think that's what we might see him be used as occasionally. I'd be fine with that. You know, I loved the Tristan minutes last night. And we'll get to that in a second. But he, I have never, I don't think, I think Dylan Windler had the previous record of fewest minutes played to take the chain. I didn't confirm it, but Dylan Windler did. Yes, guys, Dylan Windler, who he barely touched the court as a cap. Dylan Windler did get a, a depog. He did get the chain, not a depog chain, the, the, the JJYD. Sorry, mixing up with the Kings. He did get a chain and it's because he had nine rebounds. And I want to say it was 13 minutes of action when he got it. I'm not going to confirm that. I'm not going to Google Dylan Windler chain. Who knows what we're going to get? <laughs> I, I don't know if he was a chain guy. He had played with the Knicks. I think he's got one game under his belt this year. So I'm glad he's still chasing the dream. But, I mean, it's got to be a record. We'll get, we'll get to Tristan again in a second. Real quick, just uh, on the Lakers game, we won't go into, into detail. LeBron improving the 18-3 and three against the Cavs when he's taken the court between Miami and L.A. So the question here, Braden, is pretty short. They kept, they stayed in it, even with Don having an off night. Would the Cavs have won the game if Darius does not get hurt in the first half? I'm going to say yes. I think the Cavs really hurt without Darius in the second half of that game. The offense looked a bit messy. And yeah, I'd, 
I'd say yes, personally. No, I, I'm with that. I, I don't I don't see a way to argue that. You know, Craig played well. They had their moments. Certainly, Allen had his moments. Mobley had his moments. Struess had his after what was a horrible Miami game. was a nice bounce back for everybody, really. But they stayed in it. It was close to the end. It was tough to see the loss because Donovan just went cold on those last couple possessions. And then there was the there was the tech right before the tech point they got back that they really missed in the late stages. But we move on from the weekend. It was a one-and-one one weekend. We're going to talk about Tristan. We're going to talk about Craig Porter. We're going to set expectations. We're going to preview the Hawks game. And then we are going to say goodnight. Great. And we start with Tristan here. Do you see him as an everyday player or, as you mentioned a moment ago, maybe just a situational guy? Because it seems that every time Mobley or Allen get in foul trouble, they finally have a reliable player they can bring off the bench for short stints. So, like, his energy is there. He's getting rebounds. He's finding the open player. He's not playing outside himself. It's very clear that he knows his role now maybe even more than he did on the losing Cavs when LeBron departed and he stayed for another two seasons. So what do you think about the Tristan situation here? Because I've loved his return in so many ways. Yeah, no, I've been really happy with it. Um, I I love Tristan. He's he's my favorite Cav of all time. Um, and yeah, I'm I'm very pleasantly surprised to see he's still capable of giving positive minutes. Um, I was a bit uh, not too optimistic on that after the bulls king celtic stents uh, um and one game with the lakers that's that's true <laughs> games with the pacers too yeah yeah then yeah when he went on broadcasting on espn i thought that was the end of it all but guess not <laughs> um no i think jb's been using him very well um just you know throwing him in when when we're struggling to rebound when we're struggling with the physicality down low um I think it's hard to keep him as part of the rotation, like the game, the, the game to game rotation. Um, I think it can get a bit clunky when you have him like sharing minutes with Mobley. Um, so at this stage, he doesn't really give you much offensively outside of setting screens and grabbing rebounds. Um, but I mean, you throw him in for a five minute stretch, and I mean the other team's not gonna have much of a game plan for Tristan. They're not going to really be prepared for the Cavs to throw him in there for a five-minute stretch and just dominate the glass. So I, I like the way they've been using him. And if we we take the other approach to what you said, and they do put him in the everyday rotation, at least in the first half, to kind of get a feel. You know, it's mostly a thing you don't see on, on contending teams. Maybe the only exception will be the Thunder, who I think are starting to figure it out. But I, don't, I still don't think he, uh, they, they have an understanding of who their 8th, ninth, and 10th guy is. Because when, when the Cavs played them, I think we saw Davis Breton starting a half, but he's only played three games. So I think they, they, they mix it up. So with that said, if Tristan was an everyday player, even for 5, 10, 15 minutes, can the Cavs beat the best teams in the league with him in that rotation for potential key stretches of the game? Um, I mean, yeah, I think they're still capable of it. I mean, I think Tristan's proven that he can still like play at a legit NBA player level. Like he's not some scrub out there who's just getting by. <laughs> um, so yeah, Tristan's one of those guys who, I mean, he's like a specialist. You bring him in for, to do a certain thing at this stage of his career. 
but like he's not a guy that you have to accommodate your team for like um you don't gotta cater around him like he's gonna he's gonna do his own and you don't have to worry about him um unlike somebody like George Nyang, I mean, you bring him on and you got to make sure he's not somebody that the team's just going to take advantage of defensively every time down the floor. Um, so yeah, that, I mean, I think it's possible. That's fair. And I, I've enjoyed the Niang resurgence the last few games. I've enjoyed watching him actually make floaters. Now he uses a <laughs> big body. Finally. That's, that's nice. He has a little game. It's a little game. He's worth the money. He's paying off right now, but he's got, He's more than just a shooter. You know, I think he, he's, I've, I've enjoyed him. Maybe he could think of playing him a few less minutes a game. But, <laughs> yeah. but his plus minus speaks for itself. He's just, he's, he's impacting winning basketball. And that's obviously why they got him. He had the most wins in the regular season over in the, over the previous, what, three, four seasons in this decade. And he's still got a winning record here right now as the Cavs sit at nine and eight. And we talk about, again, I just want to go back to Craig Porter here. So we already talked about his usage. In my opinion, I, I do agree with you. I'd love to see him at least get a first-half stretch every night, even if it's only for a few minutes, just to see where he's at, what's going on. Because I think if you can have him or Darius at point at all times, what you can do, you'll take Darius out. You take Donovan out first if you so choose five or six minutes in, or Darius out five or six minutes in for Porter. And then you sub them out. Maybe those are still averts minutes, but I'd love to see him just get a little bit of run late first into the second. Maybe a poem at the somewhere between the nine minute mark and the first media timeout of the quarter, just to see what he gives you. If you don't like it, then don't put him in. And if you really hated the first quarter, that's it. But just to see him get in, I think would be nice. But you know, I, I understand both sides. But with how he's played. If he logs enough minutes, Braden, could you see a case of seeing CPJ at All-Star Weekend in the newly formatted first and second year's game? Yeah, I think it's definitely possible. I mean, how many – can't remember how many people it is that makes that make the roster for that. Uh, yeah, I mean – It's now. It's four teams of seven with some G-leaguers mixed in. So I don't oh, actually yeah, know. I think it's – it should be between what eighteen and twenty-one, somewhere something along those lines. Maybe it's twenty-one. Yeah, yeah. No, that sounds right. I mean, I think it's possible. I'd say Craig so far has been like, I mean, probably like a top ten rookie. And there's not there's not a ton of rookies, honestly, who are getting that much playing time this early into the season. And I mean, Craig's definitely been one of the best who has gotten minutes. So. I I think it's possible. Yeah, I mean, it, it, Kat, he uh, gets an advantage. He's taking advantage of the fact that Amen Thompson's been out. Cam Whitmore hasn't seen the court, and it doesn't seem that the early part of the season indicates he may Udoka prefers his starters to his reserves. Aaron Holiday is the only guy he seems to trust off his bench, which is certainly not something you expected with that roster. But they're winning, you know. No no complaints, I guess, about that. You know, some some guys are getting a lot on. Grady Dick is certainly not panning out. So if I don't think he saw the court. Yes, I don't know if he was hurt or not. I think they gave Otto Porter his minutes last night. Um, but I haven't seen much from him other than he he's not bad, but he, he hasn't done much. There's some other guys. I'm not thinking about Brandon Miller's been solid. Scoot Henderson's been a little bit of a disappointment and now injured a little bit. Chet and Wemby are doing what they do. We, I, certainly 
the best rookie of the year race since Donovan and Ben Simmons, I would say. Yeah, I'd say so. And maybe the only guy challenging them, if the Pistons can go better than three and 79, let's quickly check. Pistons and Wizards are playing, guys. They're both two and 14. The Wizards are up by 18. All right, Jordan Floyd. All right, how are the Pistons down by this much? Well, because, well, let's see. They don't know how to manage. Marvin Bagley's not in the rotation. That's why. They play (laughs) James Harden. Maybe he got hurt, actually. He might have gotten hurt. That's a weird team. I just it's it's so funny that the 2018 and the 2022 number two overall picks are competing for backup minutes on a team with two wins. Yeah. It's, it's just a unbelievable scenario that that's actually real. Jaden Ivey's coming off the bench, too. I think it's, they moved him to the starting lineup a few games ago. Oh, did they? They did. He came back from injury, played well once off the bench. They moved him. Gotcha. I'm sad that Joe Harris isn't going to get minutes anymore. He was playing in the beginning of the season. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I actually wanted the Cavs to bring him in in the summer. It's two years, $35 million. I know he's banged up, injured. You can give it a year. If it doesn't, you can shed it. But I, I would have loved just his value and now veteran leadership being around the Nets for so long. Uh, a team that was regularly making the playoffs. He was always in the playoffs. Pretty much over there. You know, he, his shootings why they didn't go to the finals, but it, he he brings good experience. <laughs> I, I think. But nonetheless, well, we're not here to talk too much, Joe Harris. Two more topics. Got about a few minutes left here. So, Cavs, Braden sit at nine and eight. Are they better or worse than you expected to this point in the season? I mean, I'd say, I'd say worse. But I mean, you got injuries factored in there. And, I mean, they're adjusting to entirely new, different offensive flow. I mean, Cavs were not anywhere close to chucking up this much, this many threes last year. <laughs> um, and, I mean, we've had a tough schedule to start out the year, too, so that's something to consider. Um, but, I mean, I'm not, like, overly disappointed. I think we're working out some kinks and getting stuff figured out. Um, I think, wishfully... I would have liked the year to start out a bit smoother, but yeah, it is what it is. (laughs) Yeah. It took until games 11 and 12 to get the first winning streak. Whereas the Cavs won eight straight to begin last season, but it's, it's up and down, you know, it's, you'll have your moments, certainly a new system as you, as you touched upon. And with that said, Braden, are you content with the roster makeup of this year's team? Having seen it play out while everyone's, been in and out of the lineup yeah i mean i think we did just about as good as we could have over the offseason i mean max Struess was a home run of a signing i think niang fills a huge hole what we needed um so i mean like looking looking around the league uh for potential trades it's it's hard the Cavs are basically completely dry of assets now <laughs> um yeah, I mean, just a handful of future seconds, and I mean, not not that many guys who would really be needle movers as far as trade goes. Um, so, I mean, I I like it. I think I was really hoping over the off season that PJ Washington was a possibility. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And but I mean, like you mentioned, I think Yang has showed a bit more than I expected he would. Um, you know, getting downhill every now and then, throwing up those floaters. Like, I think 
him being able to do that is really important. Um, no, Dean Wade has been hurt. I'm still a Dean Wade believer. I like his uh, defense a lot. I don't think he gets credit even now. I, I don't yeah. know what his rotation, what his role should be, but he should have some role on a consistent basis. I don't know what that is, but. Yeah, yeah. No, I, if it were me, I think he would round out the rotation as the ninth man. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm pretty content with where we are. I think if you are looking for an upgrade, it would be that backup three, four slot um, to find some sort of upgrade over Wade or Niang. But I mean, I don't, I don't think they're weighing the team down significantly. I think that role is going to be filled next year by number 21, who just put up 29 and four blocks in the G League. The other night, a certain <laughs> fellow by the name of Imani Bates, who. I'm kind of glad that the Amani hype train is cool just a little so that he can actually grow and do it under the radar. He's playing very solid basketball in the G League with the charge. And now that Craig Porter's had the NBA reps, that actually helped him because he gets an even bigger role. It's also been nice to see Zaire Smith making his return to professional basketball after having a really uh, severe illness, injury. I think it cost him a couple of years of ball, lost a lot of weight. So he was the one that was traded for Mikhail Bridges to anyone that didn't know on draft night. Mikhail would have been a sixer, but the Suns, uh, the Sixers wanted Zaire Smith instead. So, you know, imagine what could have been if Mikhail was in the process instead of Phoenix. With Jim, and even coming off the bench with Jimmy and Redick and all those guys. Might have, I think Mikhail was, was in the league for a year at that time. I might be wrong, but that's not what we're here to discuss. Nonetheless. There's your little background on the G. Lamani's going to come in, I think. And if not, it is what it is. I, I, I do like the roster makeup right now. And they overcame injuries nicely enough. And now that Isaac's back, they're going to get Dean back hopefully soon. And when you get – and hopefully Rubio can come back, even just in a mentor role. He probably lost any chance he has of rotation minutes ever on this team again. But hopefully he's okay and he does get a chance. So should they need a spot start on the night Garland's out maybe before going to Porter, maybe you start Rubio, play him the first five minutes of each half, just as kind of a veteran presence. But hopefully he's okay. We haven't heard much. And one more topic here, Braden, and we will say goodnight. The Cavs set to face the Hawks tomorrow in the in-season tournament, the bright side of the matchup, and hopefully he gets well soon. Jalen Johnson, ankle injury the other night. He's out four to six weeks. He's one of the leading candidates for most improved player. His scoring was up. His rebounding was up. Every time I brought him up to someone, they said, oh, is he a rookie? I said, nope, he's in his third year. <laughs> he, he, was, he was that de facto, oh, John Collins is out. Let's give this guy some big minutes guy last year. Now they trade Collins just to clear the rotation. He gets that opportunity, has played well. He's out. Hawks have won seven of nine against the Cavs. It's eight and two in the last ten if you add the plane into that mix. What has to happen uh, tomorrow, Braden, for the Cavs to finally just tell the Hawks to fly away? Yeah, I mean, they got the the two headed two headed monster backcourt like the Cavs do with Trey Young and the Junta Murray. Um, so obviously, containing them is key number one. Um, yeah, the Cavs have kind of struggled with that uh, defending teams that have a similar backcourt to them just because, you know, Garland and Mitchell aren't out there for their defense. They're out there for their offense. Um, 
and at least one of them has to guard one of the one of the guys from the opposing backcourt. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think finding a way to get the ball out of their hands and forcing guys like DeAndre Hunter, Sadiq Bay to make plays. Um, I mean, that's going to be key. Uh, the Hawks are Hawks are an interesting team. There, <laughs> I. I don't find myself enjoying the way that they play very often. Uh, it's a lot of defensive lapses as a team, a lot of hero ball between that backcourt. But, I mean, they're great when they're all on the same page. Uh, they make shots. They do, yeah. So that'll be an interesting team. They've always been a tough matchup for the Cavs. I'm still amazed that they find 30 minutes a night for Bogdan somehow with Trey, with Dejounte. <laughs> With Sadiq, with I, I'm amazed that they're able to figure out that minutes. Although I, I will say, free AJ Griffin. I know he's playing a little bit. He showed a lot of flashes last year in the early part of the season. He had a game winner, that weird lob play at the end of the game. And there was another situation. I think John Collins got fallen on by a Raptor, or maybe it was AJ Griffin scoring and then fell on a Raptor who was in the way. But he's a good player. His dad's the coach of the Bucks. I think he has some game. I'd love to see him play more. They're giving – I don't know how, by the way. Wes Matthews' discourse, we're going to see him tomorrow. Now, how is he still in the league getting rotation minutes? It's wild. He is – I thought he was cooked three or four years ago. But I guess – and I've actually enjoyed his minutes the last couple of – I liked his minutes on the Bucks. His new stint. I, he was okay on the Lakers, truly, and – I, I was unaware he was even on the Hawks when he made his debut. Uh, he, he, I guess he's their only tr- – him and Okongwa are their only defenders, along with DeJounte. I think mm. they're their only defenders. Hunter, Hunter's good. Hunter's been worse than expected, I believe, on that end. But could have had Cam Reddish. But my, 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 my thoughts on this, on this game, Brady, not too dissimilar to yours. There's one basketball that's got to move around. I think if you can make Bay and Hunter be the ones to have to beat you, it's helpful. You're not. You're very rarely going to get in the beauty of their backcourt versus the Cavs. You're never going to get Dejounte and Travi the same off night because you're usually putting most of your attention on one of them, whoever's playing better or whoever whoever starts hot. Dejounte coming off a bad game. Trey went off. Trey's now doing 35 over his last four. So other than him foul baiting, which we're going to probably complain about all day, I, I do think he's a very good basketball player who I do normally when he's not playing the Cavs, like watching, sorry to say, or maybe I'm not. But I think you, you can beat them. I think you just have to try not to try and shoot with them because you're not going to be able to shoot with them mm-hmm. in that way. You got shooters, but we don't have – if you, you go down the line – Trey, Bogdan, DeJounte can get hot. Bay can get red hot. I don't think you're going to see Neon hitting the same number of shots as their reserves. I think you just need to take it at them. You need to play a physical game because their defense is weak. Their offense is tops. Their defense, bottoms. So you can spread the ball. You can attack the lack of size that they start the game with, other than Capella. Everyone is 6'6 six, six or smaller with Johnson now out. I think you get switch Trey as much as you can. I think if you do those things, you're going to get a win at home, and they will finally beat these guys who have just dominated the season series 8-2 and two over the last two years and change. 
Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. It'll be it'll be interesting because I think there's been some teams who, I mean, they're they're exploiting the Cavs backcourt, uh, forcing them to make plays defensively. Um, for a team that's been as good defensively as the Cavs, we do have some very clear flaws in our defense, and so how we can improve upon that will be, I mean, a big thing to look for this season. It certainly will, Braden. It certainly will. And now, as we as we wrap up, let me say goodnight. Uh, what are your closing remarks and a reminder of where we can find you on social media? Yeah, yeah I mean, thanks for having me on. Um, I always always enjoy talking Cavs ball with you. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Bray underscore underscore NBA. There's two underscores in there. Um, yeah, I mean, I post a bunch of Cavs clips of games, post-game reviews. Um, I just love watching the Cavs and letting people know what I'm seeing and what I'm taking away from the games. So, yeah, hit me up with a follow. Hit Zach up with a follow if you're not following him for some reason and watching this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Braden, and, and you said it best. I'll close with this. Let um know. Heck yeah. <laughs> we'll see y'all next time. Oh, <laughs> my